I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to WozBears, Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company as we kick off the PM on this Monday afternoon with the call as we usually do 10 stocks that are suggested by you. We put to our expert panel for their view and we do it all in 60 minutes and uh, great when you talk about expert panels you can't get much more expert than today's one. Um, David Novak from Wealth Education is with us. David good to see you sir. You too thanks Uh, David. Good weekend. Great weekend thank you. Francesco Distratus from uh, Ords. Francesco, good David, to see you. Good to see you as well, man. Uh, how's your Monday kicked off? The market's uh, closed. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's been right. pretty, pretty yeah, quiet, actually. Um, there's, a, there's a glitch, isn't there, with, yeah. the, with the trading system because they tried to update it. Yeah, technical glitch. I mean, it's happened before and it'll happen again. Yeah. Um, uh, investors can still trade on the Chaix exchange, right. but it's fairly limited in the number of stocks. But... Yeah, look, I mean, if they you do think, all the big ones, don't yeah, they? If, Lots yeah. of brokers. And, look, and if you think back to the old days when you know it was floor traded, it shut oh, down yeah. every day for two hours yep. while we all had lunch and went to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> I remember I go to the gym, uh, Fitness First in Bond Street, which was the old trading, trading floor of the stock exchange. Yeah, and right. I used to sit up in the media section as a cadet journal for the Australian. And it's those right. were the days with Red O. Ripken with his big cigar and yeah. the chalkies. Yeah. yeah, they were the colourful days, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. exactly right. All yeah. the deals done on the side. Yeah, <laughs> I loved, yeah, Bond Street. I mean, um, that was when they had free, um, I don't know if they still do, they had free lectures at lunchtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if they yeah. still do that, no. Yeah. Yeah. They still have um, educational seminars for investors. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think they might do a lot of them online Street, these yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, I think they do a lot of online. Yeah. Have lots of resources and uh, the ASX website for um, private investors and retail investors should always be on your list to go and have a look at because um, I have lots of data there, so it's worthwhile pursuing. All right, before we get into your stocks, I thought I'd take a look at a stock of the day as I always do. Thought we'd have a look at CSL, uh, the biggest of our, I suppose, med techs, you would call them. Uh, the federal government has inked a $1 billion deal with its vaccine subsidiary, Securus, uh, to develop a high-tech vaccine manufacturing facility in Melbourne in a bid to build up its response to future pandemics. The factory won't be finished in uh, until 2026. Uh, it starts next year. They've already got two in Melbourne and also a manufacturing uh, facility in the United States and one in the UK as well. But um, CSL, Francesco, what do you think of the news and the stock? And yeah, um, look, I think the market was a little bit premature with it. I mean, like you say, the production won't start until 2026 no. on that. Uh, and, and they'll run normal uh, flu vaccine uh, production yep. out of there as well. So it's not just for pandemic. Um, 
So look, I, I, it's a long way out. I, I, you know, I think you know, market's a little bit premature. I think we we're up, stock was up one and a half percent before yeah. you know the market shut it down. Uh, look, this is one of the great Aussie companies, isn't mm. it? You know, mm. it's it's you know, you know spun out of the government Commonwealth Serum Laboratories. Um, it's been very well managed over the years that it's been you know a private well publicly listed company. Um, you know, the the thing with me is that it trades at a very high multiple. Always has, yeah. and probably always will. Um, historically, you would have looked at it trading in the mid to high 30s. It's trading yeah. in the mid 40s. Yeah. Uh, that's you know, a PE that high. You, you want to get things right all the time, and they yeah. do. Uh, you know, but um, you know, from a point of view, we haven't accumulate on the stock. Right. Uh, but from point of view of you know what's your entry point you know I'd buy buying on dips not on these rallies yeah. that's for sure uh, but but I don't, you know if you buy it for the long term I don't think you have a problem with it yeah, yeah. see someone said to me if you can buy it under 300 you just keep building up there seems to be a David you're you're the technician in this mm. so it seems to have a bit of support around 280 doesn't it yes, uh, yes if you if you can buy it around that that 280 up until you don't go overboard, you've got to keep it in proportion with your portfolio, but yeah. it's just one of those great stocks. Yeah, look, it had the, the previous chart that you had there showed really clearly where, um, you know, this last time it spiked to this level was in August, pulled yep. all the way back. Uh, there it is. Yep. Um, then it spiked up in August, that's where it is right now, and then fell all the way back to that lowest to 280. Yep. That, and that previous low just before this rally, which has been uh, 10 days, two weeks, it's jumped twenty nine dollars, you know. Yep. So, um, you know, if you are, you know, it's great trading stock. So, if you bought it down there, this would be a good time to take profits. Yep. I think at this level. Mm. Um, the Hearts and Minds Conference on the we on uh, Friday, um, which is the uh, the big fund that was set up by Chris Cuff and, and Jeff Wilson, I think was it, to uh, that invests and any profits go to charities. So they get all of these fund managers to um, to pre- uh, basically build a portfolio for the next year, their tips. And I forget who said CSL is one of the most underrated stocks globally, mm-hmm. and they reckon it will triple in the next five years. Yeah. Triple? Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I, was, I thought it was a huge call, but the point they were making is... Yeah. That we don't know what a global leader here in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't understand globally how highly this is regarded. Yeah. yeah. The the is interesting thing with, with and it's been a great performer, is if you compare ResMed to CSL on performance, yeah. you can actually p- choose periods, you know, three to five years where ResMed's actually outperformed. Right, ah, okay. Um, and it's another, you know, yep. Aussie, you know, yep. invention. A, sort of CSL, idea. ResMed and Cochlear. Is yeah, yeah like Cochlear's another one. Proud, Cochlear's had some recall issues in the past, but, but yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, look, you know, I don't have a problem with either of them, but... Um, you know, our, our, we've been maintaining Resbin in one of our model portfolios for a long time. Right. But it's one of those things, you know, you don't take it out, you know, or, or if you do, how do you get it back in? So you know, yeah. it ends up staying in portfolios for quite a long time. But um, yeah, look, I think they're both very good, you know, yeah. global well, success stories. Look at 2016, if you could get it under 100 bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, been, David, that's yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, well it, ha- it has tripled in five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but look, it's a, that's the growth sector, isn't it? The biotech sector, yeah. Yeah. So the healthcare sector. So, I mean, anything's possible in this market when you've got you know zero interest rates and yeah. you know make up any valuation you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That you can justify. 
but the momentum is there until it isn't, you know? Yeah. And certainly hearts and minds, I just look at, I've got this one in my portfolio. I've, I've invested at the, the start and I mean, this one's been on a tear. That was down to $2 in, in March and now it's $4.60. Which one was this? Hearts, hearts, hearts and minds. Hearts and minds, right, yep, yep. And, and, and it's just from September, it's gone from $3.50 to $4.70. Yep, yeah. So, you know, a little bit of a spike up. So they're always good opportunities to take profits. If you yeah, you know, it depends if you're a long-term investor or yep. short-term trader. If you're a short-term, you can take profits, always get back in on yep. a pullback. But, uh, you know, certainly for CSL, that's for my money. If um, you got in at those lows, take some profits. Right, mm. okay. So, and wait for a pullback from, from here. Yes. Uh, and we're going to accumulate. accumulate. We're going right. to accumulate on it, but yeah, um, yeah look, you know, the share prices we think, as David mentioned, is yeah, going to give you opportunities better than where it's trading currently. You know, right. At this current moment. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's our stock of the day. Let's uh, start taking a look at some of the stocks you've uh, suggested we take a look at. And David, uh, Eric wants a view on Amcor, the big uh, global packaging company throughout Australia, North America, mm. Europe and Asia. Not only just pa- packaging for um, goods that we know about, but also that healthcare area has been um, a pretty good fillip for the company, hasn't it? Yeah, look, it's been, uh, the only thing about Amcor for me is that it's, if you look at the chart, it's come up to a major, resi- what I call a selling level that it's historically Every time it's gotten up there, it's uh, it's had a bit of a, it, yeah. it's really bumping up against that ceiling at the moment. But look at the earnings. Yeah, look, look at that yeah, five-year chart. That's the one. Wow, that, you could see that really clearly, can't yeah, you? Yeah, that's the one. So that's what I was talking about here. Um, look, I, I think up here it's difficult to buy it. Um, yeah, I'd wait for a pullback. Yep. But, you know, their earnings, they haven't had a stellar earnings growth. I mean, they've got unfranked yield of about 4.3% dividend yield. Uh, the return on equity has actually been pretty flat over the last couple of years, right. around 15%. And um, I mean, look, there, there's some valuations up there that's around $17. Um, I'm just looking at some broker. There's about eight, nine brokers here. They've got a median price target on the stock at $16.94. That's the oh. average, the mean. And it's sixteen ten at the moment. Sixteen ten at the moment. Yep. So, you know, um, yeah, so there's a forecast. The high is 19 the lowest 14, yeah. $14.80. Right. So you're up near that high end. So yeah. I wouldn't be chasing it up here. Um, yeah. Maybe take some profits or just hold yeah. for the dip. Had, had you, Gotham, can we bring that, uh, there yeah. we go. There it is. Read my mind, thank you for that. Um, Gotham's been doing this show way too long. <laughs> um, to a private investor though, or to a retail investor, David, um, they would say, well, why is that? resistance level there uh, uh, that's just above $16 as you pointed out for five years every time it's got there well, yep. it sort of butted up and then come down again well I'll quote Mark Twain you know history doesn't repeat itself but it rhymes right so <laughs> so um, you know investors always remember you know that, that you think oh when is la- last time there you know I sold and I bought it at this level so they you know it's just history repeating itself and for any technicians or anybody using charts, I don't know why they wouldn't use charts myself, no. but if you look at those those psychological levels of buying and selling, they're key. I've been looking at these for like 20, 25 right. years. And I can tell you, I, I would, it'd be like going into a room in the dark looking for the light switch right. if you're not looking at charts. Okay. But that, that basically says to me though, that um, 
the market is still run. Forget all the computer trading and stuff like that. Human beings are human beings, mm -hmm. and they follow patterns like that. That's right. That's See, it's hard, hard to fathom in this day of technology, Francesco, is it, that that, that would happen? Yeah. It, well, his human beings have never changed. They're still the same. Um, we all, we all, there's greed and fear, and we're just yeah. driven by emotions. And I see it in charts all the time. It's like, you know, when you see big spikes up, you know, time to take money off the table. Yeah. I remember when CSL got up to, what, 340-odd, you know, everybody was bullish. Now, when you get the majority of people being bullish, that's the time to take money off yeah. the table. Okay. And it spiked all the way back to 270. Yeah. So um, it's just a sentiment-driven thing. That's what drives the markets. I mean, we can get into valuations and make, like I said, you can make up any valuation you want these days on zero yeah. rates, and very creatively. But yeah. to me, follow the trend. Mm, a, lot of, a lot of young people come into the market and think they've studied finance and economics yeah. and that and understand sort of how the, the, the fundamentals work. And I, you know, I'm more of a fundamentalist than a, than a chartist, but um, um, when they come into the market, then they realise that there's a lot more uh, of the human element there. And yeah. as Dave mentioned, you know, the fear and greed kicks that in. That herd mentality, the herd psychology. Mentality. Well, you, you, yeah. know, you mentioned when, when CSL was 340, uh, you, you get that mentality of the fear of missing out too. Yeah. You know, so people start buying things at a, at a ridiculous Bitcoin price. Bitcoin is another thing. Yeah. yeah, Bitcoin's a classic. Yeah, classic. those sort of euphoria things, you know, Bitcoin or euphoria uh, stocks or, or, or sectors, you know, the, the, the rare earth sector, I remember that yeah. one a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, people were yeah. just buying things that, that might have... <laughs> You know, had kicked the dirt and found a, yeah. found a bit Until of Until they realised rare earth wasn't that rare. No, it's not <laughs> that rare. <laughs> it's not that rare at all. Yeah. Uh, but look, back, back to Amcor, we, we have an accumulate on it. Uh, right. Look, I don't disagree with David in that, you know, at these prices, it's, you know, you probably wait for a bit of a pullback to buy it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think in general, in the longer term, you know, the packaging sector uh, is probably going to grow with population growth, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, by selling products. Um, not that it's. But they are also in PPE as well, aren't they? The hospital, yeah, healthcare, healthcare protection as um, well. Yeah, yep. personal care, yeah. beverages, yep. you know, tobacco, which is declining, but but you know, personal health and things like that as well. And it's you know not just you know North America, it's you know South America, mm. Europe. Yeah. They're, they're a global company, another global company. Yeah. Um, you know, not that it's a big sector, it's probably a preferred uh, in the packaging space. Right. Uh, there's a lot of smaller players in the US, Amcor, um, uh, which spun out uh, Aurora, which we'll talk about a bit later, I imagine, yeah. um, it, you know, is a, is a, is a you know, considerable concern over right. there as in size. They recently announced their first quarter um, FY21 results. Uh, slightly above our forecasts, um, they're mm. expecting sort of seven between seven and twelve percent EPS growth uh, for the full year. Uh, we're at about eleven percent, so we're within those guidelines. Uh, most of the growth was just solid organic growth, which mm -hmm. out of this sector you wouldn't expect anything any yeah. surprises out of left field. Hence yeah. why that chart is the way it is. There's no yeah. real surprises to come out of it. So we think there's defensive earnings stream there, dividend yield four to four and a half percent, no franking. So look, we're going to accumulate. But um, you know, from my point of view, with David, you know, why not pull back and and, and right. put them in the portfolio? Good, good defensive portfolio. There. Okay. All right. Uh, Francesco Deb wants a view on Eleanor Investors Group, uh, investment and funds management uh, group. I 
had known yeah. much about them. Yeah, we always get focused on the Magellans and yeah, this sits in more in the property trust yep. sector, um, and it, and it's a bit of an eclectic investment. Um, yeah. Yeah, they've got things like Ibis Hotels, but they've also got Featherdale Wildlife Park. So right. for those that are not in Sydney, yeah. it's a, like okay. a mini yep. Australian type zoo yeah. uh, in Western Sydney, Mogo Zoo. Uh, they've got some retail property in there as well. So so it's a bit of an eclectic mix of, of investments in there. They've got uh, John Coote's uh, furniture oh, um, okay. out there on Weddell Road or whatever that's called. Right. So, so there's a number of investments. Our analyst has got a buy on it. Um, <laughs> And, and if you look at it, it's it's it trades it trades on a fairly low multiple, you know, a, around the ten times where a property trust yeah. would normally trade around the fourteen to fifteen. Um, its yields about seven percent, and that's been fairly consistent. So you got to say that's, that's pretty fairly, good yield. Fairly good yield, yeah. yeah. No franking, obviously, because it's trust. Yeah. The gearing on it, I think, is a bit higher. It's up around the fifty-five percent mark, where I'd like to see that sort of 35 to 40 percent right. um so that that sort of is one thing that i i, I would say is negative I, i've met management in the past and i think the management are quite good um but like i said you're very eclectic asset bunch mm. so you know is it a property trust yes and no um but but very diverse um but you know look for a small property trust i think that it's showing good value so mm. you know i don't disagree with our analysts on a, on a you know i'd probably more an accumulate than a buy on okay that, I think. Yeah, um, I'm probably the same um, view. I, I think it's had a bit of a spike up here, but yeah, like uh, Francesco was pointing out, it's a, it's a pure play real estate um, trust fund, if you something said that they describe yep. themselves. Um, but look, their earnings did go down mostly because of the hotel tourism sector yep. of their real estate assets, and so that dragged their earnings back um, to you know that was. I was just looking at their financials here. They had uh, earnings per share of. Uh, just over 18 cents last year, down to 14 and a half cents. So a bit of a drop there. And the dividend went from 16 cents to, two, to nine and a half cents. So any recovery in the, the tourism sector will su- certainly be positive for, for this. And they've been acquiring other like medical center business mm. and retail and, mm. um, but yeah, look, it's a small one. I mean, they've got, in terms of market capitalization, their market cap is about 167 million. They've got just under 1.7 billion under management. Um, that's 22% up from the previous year, right? And um, so there, there is growth there. Yep. Um, so I'm not adverse to it, and it's got a good yield. So unfranked. Yep. So I, I w- but I wouldn't be rushing right now to buy it. If it pulled back, I'd. Yeah. Just just on the the hotel side of things, there's there's evidence now that that you know, particularly here in Australia and regional hotels and and because of the domestic tourism, it's very difficult. To, to get accommodation, yeah, uh, you know, up and down the east coast of Australia, uh, my my in-laws drove down from from the mid north coast yesterday, and yeah, well, on Saturday and Sunday, so they stayed overnight, but they struggled to find a hotel mm. Uh, mm. along along the way. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think the the local tourism is yeah, doing quite yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, because they're all staying home. But a company like this, if they have such a diverse portfolio, you're saying Ibis. Featherdale, um, some medical centres. You'd need to have a good rap on the management. Yeah, and they are, they are good. Um, I, you know, when we met them, um, it was some time ago now, the, I, I scratched my head on the different types of assets that yeah. they put in there. 
But the, when you think about the way they spoke, is we, we they look for opportunities. What they see is you know you, that you can't really avoid right. and can't turn down. So so if they if they are investing in an opportunity, it's got to be something that stacks up really well. So uh, they have hence, their own filters to look at. Yeah, them. look, I, I would suspect, and this was not communicated to us in any meetings or anything like that, but I would suspect that over time as they grow, they'll probably you know, filter and specialise, so, so spin out, say, the, the hotel side of it into right. a separate... Okay. Okay. That's my thoughts All right. on it. But, um, yeah, look, it, it, it's a good small cap you know, property yeah. trust. All right. Okay, Deb, thank you for that suggestion. Appreciate it. Uh, David Vippen wants a view on Select Harvest. Mm. They're the, uh, the big almond grower processor distributor. Um, nuts and dried fruits and seeds for mm. Australia and Asia, Europe and the Middle East. And mm. obviously being a bit nervous about, uh, about China putting some trade restrictions on them in the last yeah. two weeks or so. Yeah, they've also made a big acquisition recently in northwest Victoria of another... Uh, almond orchard right. and uh, so that's part of their expansion plans and they they did a capital raising of about 120 million and plus um, um, uh, they're paying 129 million for this acquisition yeah. and they're taking on some debt as well um, but their earnings a little bit um, been up and down as it is with seasonal depending on you know what's been happening with um, in the um, the seasonal type of thing this is what happens in these agricultural yep. stocks but look, I've got to say down here, it, it's starting to look attractive to me. It's got a 4% um, fully frank yield. And um, with this acquisition, there's some growth there. Almond prices have also not been very strong. They've been quite weak right. uh, 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 over the last couple of years, but they're starting to show some recovery. But the exports of almonds um, out of the US is a big exporter, as well as Australia, has been growing from 2006 onwards for about an average of 7%. Per annum, so exports wow. have been quite strong. So, um, and their forecast looks pretty good. They're, they've got a positive outlook, uh, and down here it's not uh, it's not expensive. Um, so, I would say um, I wouldn't be rushing to buy accumulate. Would be mm. my you know um, or hold if you've got it. Yep. But um, I'm not adverse to this. I'd be putting this on the watch list okay. and um, watching how the company progresses over the next six to 12 months, and okay. particularly with almond prices. But you can see where it is down here. It's just been tracking sideways here mm. and uh, at the low end. So I, th I think it looks okay. Mm. Francesca? Yeah, look, I, I've been sort of racking my brain in our market over the last couple of weeks looking for agricultural investments because there's not a great deal, no. surprisingly, for a, for a you know, country like Australia, which you know, has, a, has a large sector of agriculture. Um, we don't have a coverage of it so we don't have a recommendation uh, but I'm leaning towards a positive like David on it uh, you know the cap the, the the capital raising they did um, the retail part of it was done at 520 I think it's trading at six something 619 619 yep. at the Seven moment eight. so yep. so those that took up their their uh, I'm not sure if it was an entitlement of share purchase plan um, are, are going to be quite pleased Mm. about the price they took that on it uh, you know on a multi pe multiple historical this is because we don't have any forecasts on it you know it trades around the mid teens mid to mid to low teens so that that, that looks attractive to me as well um but i you know i wouldn't like to go out and say buy it without doing a little bit more homework on it um and like i said i'm starting to do a little bit of homework on some agricultural stuff at the moment right. it's things like new farm select harvest and that right yeah oh okay well right, just, so just be on, the patterns. you'd be watching it 
Yeah, yeah. On the watch pace. What, what about the, the China trade issue? With them saying, yeah. well, we're not going to take I, I look, any armaments, I, I, Australian armaments. Yeah, I don't think there's an economic argument in it from the Chinese. I think, it, well, they've put out economic arguments, but mm. I think it's more a political argument. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there's some... Um, some water to go under the bridge with the US election and then US-China trade negotiations. Um, and the Chinese, the, the, you know, the US is, the, is China's biggest customer. Yeah. So they can't, you know, annoy them too much. Um, mm. and, and they're the biggest debtor as well. Um, so when China's trying to flex their muscles, yeah, who do they flex it with? Yeah, well, yeah, the yeah. little Aussies down there. Yeah, they're exactly wearing right. or <laughs> So I think it's more of a political play yep. with the US-China trade negotiations rather than they dislike Australians in, right. in, in any, any way, shape or form. That's okay. my thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, they're going to argue that it's more of an economic thing and a, yep. than a political thing. Yep. Okay. But, right, but so I, I think agricultural investments, mm. particularly from, from weather patterns, you know, we've been through mm. the droughts and the fires. I think, I think you know the farmers are in, yeah, good shape. due for a, due. For, well, yeah, the ones I speak to, they're they're yeah. in really good shape, you know. Yeah. Um, so the prices are up. Yeah. All right, um, Francesco Peter wants a view on Senex Energy, the uh, oil and gas exploration and uh, production company, uh, mainly in the Surat and Cooper basins. Yeah, look, we have buy recommendation on this. Um, yeah. It's obviously uh, at the smaller end of the you know the oil and gas sector, if you like. You know, it's not as big as the Woodsides, the Santos origins, and things like that. Um, but you know, it, it's it's got solid earnings per share growth. Um, you know, it, it, despite it trading on a high multiple, that earnings growth um, obviously pulls that PE back in over the next couple of years. Um, our our analyst states that you know they think it's probably the cheapest in the sector. Oh, um, but really? but yeah, on the basis of their growth, um, yeah. you, they've they've got a lot of hedges in place, so fixed price contracts in in place. So it provides a fair bit of certainty for them around you know what price they're achieving for their gas. Um, you know, expecting you know dividends to be reintroduced in 2022 as well. So so all these mm. things pointing towards um, um, some pos uh, some positives. They recently provided an investor briefing uh, highlighting potential growth in Queensland coal seam gas assets um, and um, you know, part of that was they're progressing with reducing costs. So that's going to drive their cash flow generation, which is all the things that look at positives yep. for, for stocks like this. Um, and you know, they, they've, they've just recently uh, received some approvals for some expansion plans in one of their one of their operations in Queensland, and mm. that could see production increase by about fifty percent for them. Wow. So, so um, this one we've we've got to buy on. Um, but again, it's it's obviously a little bit more riskier than your Woodsides yeah. and your Santoses and yeah. things like that. But could give you good leverage. Yes, definitely. Okay. David. Yeah. Look, um, they did sell off some of their uh, Cooper Basin mm. acreage to Beach Petroleum, and they received about eighty-seven and a half million. They really need to do that because they're financial. Their balance sheet was under a little bit of stress. Um, they have got a good growth outlook, and they're, they, they're saying that by 2022, they'll start paying dividends. Um, I don't know if it's the cheapest in the sector. Personally, I would, I mean, it's got a market cap of about just under half a billion. Mm. Uh, my preference would be Beach. Um, right. That, that, you know, three and a half billion market cap. Their return on equity is like very strong, just under 18%. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're paying a dividend as well. But, um, you know, look, I'm not adverse to Senex. I'm just saying um, I would 
my preference would be the in the big guns would be would be beach or santos right even but beach in the cooper basin uh, area for sure so that's um and but it's got good growth outlook for Senex, but I wouldn't be a big, big buyer of it right now, later. Okay, so I prefer beach. Yeah. All right, uh, Kevin, uh, David wants a view on Bendigo and Adelaide Bank, one of our, our regional banks. Yeah, um, well, they're certainly, um, the banks have had a good kick up lately with, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I, the regional banks, uh, look, I probably prefer Bendigo, uh, sorry, um, uh, Bank of Queensland over right. Bendigo. I'm not adverse to it. The, the, the dividend with the zero interest rate environment, it's going to be tough for banks. How do they make money yeah. in this environment? Hard yeah. margins. You know, it's really squeezing on their margin. I mean, why would you bother cutting rates from quarter percent to point one? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. just doesn't make sense to me. But um, I, I think they're finding it tough in this space. Um, but look, invest, re- retirees, investors are really desperate at the moment oh, no. for yield. And you know, when I, I was having this chat with my mum on the weekend, yeah, who sort of just had all their money in term deposits, risk averse, and she's going, even mum at 86 is going, what else can I put my point, money point into? 0.4 of a percent, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, quarter of a percent is ridiculous, it is. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's got a grossed up yield of 7.1 percent, fully frank, 4.9. Uh, if they can maintain that, you know, um, that's pretty good. Mm. Um, so I'm not adverse to accumulating it. I wouldn't say not to, but and on the chart as well, it seems to be getting a bit of buying support moving yeah. up here. There is a um, positive, it's starting to look a bit more positive, Bendigo and Adelaide Bank down here. But also um, what we what you want to keep an eye on is the bond yields as well. We're starting to see bond yields moving up, mm-hmm. which will be favourable for the banks. So that's a market to watch, especially okay. internationally. Right. What's happening with the bond yields? Okay. Um, but yeah, look, very tough uh, for retirees to get a, mm. a decent uh, income without, you know, going into the market and taking an added risk. Yep. That's yep. that's the problem. Yeah. And how you balance that up, mm. uh, Francesco? Yeah, we're we're a hold on it. Um, I, I look on the regionals. If you if you if you're going to be owning banks, I think you can do better in the big four. Mm. Um, you know, I'd probably leave Westpac and ANZ off and just sort of CBA and NAB are probably yeah. preferreds at the moment. Um, look, they provided a, a first quarter trading update at the end of October, along with all the other banks reporting season. Revenue, they said their revenue trends were positive. Uh, they're targeting revenue growth above cost growth. Well, that's a, so yep. it should. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> obvious That's statement. Right. That's what you're in business to do. <laughs> um, they, they said their loan growth was ahead of their 5% annualised assumption. Now, I don't know how they calculate mm. that and where that growth's coming from. But you, you're seeing conflicting messages out there. You, you know, you, you see that the, you know, with this COVID, that the people are, are, are worried about their, you know, their mortgages and so that you'd think they'd be yep. holding back but because the government's given you almost a $50,000 handout to go and build a house mm. um, I'm hearing stories of people just buying properties so so a friend of mine he, he's a property developer he had um, I forget how many number of blocks but up in Armidale so regional New South Wales yeah, good, yeah. good regional town yep. university town um, he struggled to sell two in, in a year two blocks in a year sold 12 in within sort of six months sort wow. of thing. So you start to see, because yeah. the government, you know, where do you get a $50,000 handout, you know? Yeah. So 
and a, and also a Reserve Bank saying cheap money's cheap going to be money around, around for, for three years, yeah. and we're going to guarantee it's going to yeah. be cheap for three years. Yeah. You go, oh, why not borrow? Yeah. Now I, I think that there's going to be some challenging things around for for, for home loans and things like maybe 12, 18 months out, you know, right. where, when the reality of this coronavirus and how it all pans out is probably going to you know, come to fruition, I think. So, so you know, mortgage pricing, you know, that's going to be a drag on their margins. So, um, and, and another negative hour analysis has highlighted their exposure to Victorian um, SMEs, small and medium oh, yeah. enterprises. You know, how's that going to pan out post yeah. this COVID thing? So, yeah. how many of them are going to be in trouble? So, so I, I look, We've got a hold on it, so but we would prefer to be looking. I'd prefer to be looking at the big four banks. And you mentioned your mother with the the term deposits. I, I was cleaning out my study there about a year and a half ago and came across an old passbook <laughs> from the late eighties and the the interest rate that was on my term deposit yeah. was seventeen and a half percent. That's when we were paying twenty percent on our mortgage as well. Wasn't yeah, it? I didn't have one of those at the time, so oh, I was. God, quite, I did, but, but you've got to be concerned with the rise in asset values, which is what we're seeing, asset yeah. inflation, you know, wages are not going up. So, no. you know, that's creating this just, you know, anyway, bubble effect. As yeah, call yeah it. exactly. Yeah. All right, let's recap the first uh, five stocks plus our stock of the day. Uh, CSL uh, takes some profits from uh, David at, at this level, uh, accumulate from, uh, from Francesco and Ords. Uh, Amcor, a no at this price, but if you can uh, buy Amcor on a pullback, um, then it could be quite attractive. Uh, Eleanor Investments, um, accumulate from Ords. David is quite interested at this, these levels and saying, hey, it could be worth it if the price pull, pulls back a bit from here. Uh, both are watching Select Harvest in an interesting space at the moment. Senex Energy, a buy from Francesco and Ords. Um, note from David, he prefers Beach if you want to look in this area and Bendigo, Adelaide Bank. Um, David prefers Bank of Queensland, not averse to accumulating Bendigo and Adelaide, but thinks Bank of Queensland is better and odds have a hold on. Uh, here at the call, uh, we have our own portfolio, the call's portfolio we've been tracking since the 1st of July. Any stock that gets unanimous approval from our our uh, panel of experts goes into the calls portfolio. Let's see how we're performing. For the last week, we're up just under 4% for the month, 2.5%. And since the 1st of July, up just over 20%. Some of the stocks that have been uh, added recently, uh, Ioneer, Ike GPS, Ridley, uh, Deterra and Clunaville. Um, and we've also a bunch of ETFs after our ETF special. Um, if you want to see all of the stocks in the portfolio, go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio and we'll keep tracking to see how it goes. Uh, coming up next on Osbiz in the next hour, we talk to the executive director of Amiro, Stuart Douglas. The company has signed a new deal to produce an alloy that has both aerospace and defence applications. Stuart Douglas on the pulse in uh, just over an hour's time at 1.40 p.m. All right, let's uh, look at the final five stocks that you've asked us to have a look at as we get into the second half of the call. Francesco, Cami wants a view on uh, Woolworths, the, the supermarket giant. Yeah, well, we're restricted uh, coverage on this at the moment um, right. because some, uh, well, 
the, the Endeavour drinks, I think we're probably yep. advising on something. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, I can say that I, I do like Woolies. I, yep. you know, and, and, you know, it's performed well through the COVID period, um, as you would expect, or looking at it in hindsight, you know, with people staying at home more, and that means, you know, they've, they've, they've got to eat more at home and, you know, yep. consume more at home uh, when they're not in the office and, and not and going out for dinner home. and drink more at home. <laughs> so so all, those, yeah. <laughs> so all those things stack up for, for Woolies. Um, you know, on a PE basis, it trades pretty high PE. 30 times. You know, 20, yeah. Yeah, it's in the high 20s at the moment, I think. Yeah, but, yeah. But around 20, dividend yield of two and a half percent, so it looks fully valued. Look um, Five-year chart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. yeah. Um, but you know, in this environment, in, in this market, you, you've got two main grocers, Aldi in there as well as a third. There's threats of you know Amazon and things like that. But I yeah. think that's a long way out. So I think you know, you, you know, the Woolies is the biggest. Coles next. Uh, you know, I think you, you have to have one of those in your portfolio because people got to eat. Right. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Um, so do you prefer Woolies I, to Coles? Um, at the moment, I think Coles is slightly cheaper, but um, not by a great deal. Um, that's on a multiple P multiple basis. Um, but you know, most people hold them in their portfolios. I, I continue holding them, and you know, if you're looking to increase, your, you know, any dips, then you'd, you'd you'd buy some more if you're looking to increase. Or if you don't have them, I yeah. think you know, any any sensible. Yeah, self-managed super fund portfolio, long-term investor portfolio should have you know mm. some sort of you know, supermarket in there. Okay, mm. David. Uh, I prefer Coles right. uh, over Woolies. Definitely, the return on equity is much higher than Woolies for Coles. Mm. Uh, the re return on equity for, for Woolies is around seventeen percent, and yep. for Coles it's it's thirty percent, um, plus the dividend yield as well, three point three percent, fully franked for Coles and two point five for Woolies. Right. And it's on a lower earnings multiple too, at the 25 times um, for Coles versus 30 I've got here for Woolies. So um, by all metrics, um, Coles stands out to me for me right. uh, as a better buy, a better value. And you know, the, it, it, and also where the chart is for Woolies at the moment, the technical pattern is it's really consolidating here. It's been pretty much a very tight consolidation pattern. Don't know which way it's going to go. So I'm pretty neutral in the stock. Um, I, I wouldn't be rushing to buy it at the moment. Right. I'd, and again, my preference would be Coles, Coles. if I was looking Better to Better to go and do yeah. it. Okay. All right, Cammy. there you go. View on Woolworths. Um, David uh, Austin wants a view on Dubber Corporation, sort of a, basically a tech company, but um, mm. very much focused in this um, recording, audio, cloud yeah. recording uh, sector, is that? Yeah, it's very interesting. I don't know much about this when I started looking it up. It's transformative cloud-based software, uh, as you said, in that, in that um, uh, it's even got a bit of artificial intelligence in here as yeah. well, you know, um, for, as you said, recordings, yeah. um, have voice, voiced recordings, but they've also raised some capital and it was heavily oversubscribed. <laughs> They were raising like to $6 million and it was $33 million wow. <laughs> oversubscribed. Okay. So there's, you know, they, they've had some, some yeah, they've had some really good growth um, numbers here in there in terms of subscriber growth. The company's not making any money at the moment in terms of profit, um, but they certainly, uh, there seems to be a lot of um, excitement around that they're, 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 they're doing some work by the looks of it with Microsoft Team solution mm. and to use their software. And I think that's where the excitement is. 
but it's got a market cap valuation around 370 million. million. Yeah. Uh, it's not cheap, it's, but I think that what people are really excited about is the future growth of their software yeah. and the subscriber numbers, which have you know, grown up, um, grown about 98% um, mm. since uh, the previous quarter, which is 230,000. So it's, there's a yeah. trajectory here that's really taking off here. Um, other than that, it's like there's momentum on this stock as well. So there's a lot of interest in momentum, buying momentum. Uh, I, look, I'd put in the specy bucket at the moment, you know. I'd, yep. uh, um, I don't know if I'd be chasing it up here. It's like coming up and testing that, that previous level where it fell back very sharply. Um, I'd be waiting for a pullback, but to me this is more like a, a trading stock right. rather than investing. Right. Um, Do people see it as a sort of, I know they're not exact comparisons, but almost a baby ordinate um, with its sort of um, um, sound technology and matching sound to video and... I work, I'm not, a, I don't know, it's, yeah. I'm certainly not an expert in this area, but all I'm saying is, I mean, there's definitely a lot of mm. interest okay. in what the company is doing, given the... So watch uh, for a pullback. Yeah, watch yeah. for a pullback. And look, uh, if you're onto it, you could, you know, the, the momentum's there. If it breaks through that top end, it could easily keep running. Mm. But what I'm saying is there's just, there's no earnings there as yet, but that doesn't seem yeah. to matter at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's certainly in the tech space and it's got a lot of interest. Um, okay. So no reason why it can't go higher from here. Francesco, but what do you think? Yeah, look, I, like David, not heard of it too much before now and, and so that did a bit of, it does, does some smart things too so it, it transcribes call content to, so you can facilitate word searching so right. if you think you're recording a, a, a telephone conversation um, and you might say well you know I need to I need to find that call that I spoke to Jim you know three weeks ago um, and we were talking about XYZ um, sounds like this technology you can search XYZ and it will bring mm. up who you were talking to. So that's pretty, pretty, um, you know, pretty good technology. And, and you know, uh, I did see somewhere that you know it, it sort of deals with different languages as well. So it sounds like it does some smart things. Um, you know, they're they're losing money as David mentioned. Uh, but you know, companies like this in development phase mm. will content will always yep. do that. Uh, but one thing that stood out to me, their revenue growth is very, very strong. Um, you know, they're, they're looking, their revenue growth is sort of 60 to 70 percent. Yeah. Um, so if they can continue that sort of that sort of growth on the revenue side of things, obviously that revenue will catch up and overtake the costs. And and costs that, you know, some of their costs are one-offs as well because mm. of the development costs. Um, so it, it looks very interesting. But, um, uh, yeah, with David, it's, you know, it is a bit more speculative because it is losing money and it is in development yep. phase. But definitely worth worth having a look at um, and definitely... You know, if 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 people that way inclined, you know, want to pull back, you'd you'd probably put put some in the portfolio if, okay. if you know you're interested in that sort of thing. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Austin. Uh, Francesco Jane wants a view on uh, Fletcher Building, the building products construction materials group here in Australia. Um, sort of is it, it's a bit like a a boral. James Hardy. Yeah, a bit like Ball and James Hardy. That, that uh, sector. It's a New Zealand company too. Yep. Um, so that's a little bit unique. Yeah, on, don't on say it. like that. 
That's okay. I didn't say it was a bad thing. <laughs> I, I didn't say it was a bad thing at all. I just said it's a New Zealand company and it's a little bit they of a different They lost the rugby on the weekend, They did lose the rugby on the weekend. Uh, not against us. No. <laughs> Although we okay. beat them in the last game. Yeah. Um, so, so, look, it, it is global operator as well. So, yep. like Boral, like James Hardy, yeah. they're, they're global. They're large corporations. Been around a long time. Uh, yeah. Highly regarded. Um, yeah. Yeah, the share price has had a bit of an uptick in the last sort of couple of weeks, and that was due to a, 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 um, a recent trading update where they saw their earnings recovery driven by cost cuts um, and some robust demand in New Zealand. So that's obviously put a bit of a bit yeah. of a you know rocket under the share price. Uh, whereas if you look at James Hardy, it, it's been a consistent drive uh, of rising share prices, and Boral's actually recovered. Not, not to that extent mm. in one quick um, movement, but over the last yeah. sort of couple of months, it's it's yeah. recovered quite well. Look, our, our on a bit of investor pressure. Yeah, <laughs> and speculation. So on on well, just on that sort of you know trading update, and and we saw some analysts up to updating their numbers and updating yeah. their recommendations around that period. So that's driven the share price. Um, we don't have coverage on it, so I'm not about to put a recommendation on it. Probably looks like it's a little bit undervalued compared to, say, the likes of James Hardy or Boral. Um, look, our, 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 our analyst who covers this sector, his preference is, is James Hardy right. or even CSR for a smaller sort of player. Okay. Um, Boral's currently going through some cost-cutting exercises uh, and that's driving their share price as well. So whilst I'm not dead against uh, Fletcher Building um, without better coverage, I think there's better alternatives Right. Particularly without coverage from our from our analysts at the sure. moment. Sure. Okay. David. Yeah. Look, I'm very much the same. They, they, it was that trading update that got the market excited here, um, with a 55% increase in their um, EBITDA before um, for the four months. So it's up, um, you know, to it jumped about 80 million to 227 million. So that's why you saw that spike there when they gave that right. update. And they've, you know, they've had issues around COVID, of course. Yep. Um, but it looks like it may have turned the corner, but I'd, I'd um, probably wait for a bit of a pullback here. It's not trending up at the moment. It's just had that big spike. There's good volume behind it. Yep. So um, you know, it needs to break that previous level that you can see where it's testing right now, um, which probably will if they continue performing it as they um, did just in the previous four months. I would say there's there's probably more momentum, but but like Francesco, I'd prefer uh, probably the likes of Boral or James Hardy. Right. Okay. All right. Um, and Boral because uh, sort of their um, their shareholders are saying you've got to perform, clean it out if you're going to get rid of America. Yeah, hive it off, which has been a dog for you. <laughs> so it. make some hard decisions. And they've got a new CEO that was mm. appointed. Yes. And, um, yeah, and he's already made some assets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the big um, one was the um, fly ash business in the US. Which yeah. I don't know whether they'll divest that. If they do, that'll be in the loss. I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, yeah, that that was a big, big move for Ball to buy that. A number of years ago, yeah. it was yeah, going to yeah. be a make or break, and it sort yeah. of broke the previous CEO. So, yeah, yeah. Hard. and they're bigger. You know, Boral's bigger than um, Fletcher as well. They're you know yeah. six and a half billion market cap versus four point one. Yeah. Um, but you know, they seems to be you know restructuring and getting their 
affairs in order and with the new CEO in place, mm. there seems to be a... Making some hard decisions. Yeah. All right. Uh, David Vish wants uh, a view on Aurora. We mentioned when we were talking about Amcor that this mm. was going to come up um, in, in the same sort of sector, isn't it? Yeah, the packaging sector. Yeah, they haven't been performing very well of, over the last couple of years, Aurora. If you look at their, you know, they've been pretty, um, you know, their, their return on equity has been going down it's, you know, from two years ago from 13.5% to 9%. 9% and um, the PE, I mean, is relatively high at 21%. Um, percent. They have, they did saw, sell a, um, a, a, one of their, um, what was it, fibre packaging companies and they returned some 600 million back to shareholders as a special one-off um, return of capital. They're doing some, a bit of a share buyback at the moment. But when you look at their p financial performance, I mean, the, the net profit, underlying net profit after tax was down 23% yeah. previous year, underlying cash flow down 30%, um, earnings before interest and tax down 14%, etc. cetera. So, uh, you know, they need to really prove that they've turned the corner here um, and, um, uh, yeah, and get their earning return on equity back up again. So it's not one that I'd be rushing to buy at the moment. But it does seem like there's some unhidden value here and the fact that they're doing a share buyback. Um, you may consider accumulating so on it, but look, they really need to turn their operations mm. around to, uh, especially there, right? You can see that trend from 2017. It's just gone one way yeah. uh, until recently when they sold off that business. And yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, okay. they, they, they need to, yeah. So, it versus Amcor? Uh, I'm not favourite of either of them. Right. Too, <laughs> they need to be in the sector. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. It's just not, yeah, there's no, I prefer other sectors for growth. Okay, yeah. Francesca? Uh, well, I'll just on that, our preference would be Amcor. Right. Um, you know, we have a, you know, accumulated on it and hold on on Aurora. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about your numbers there, David. I, I, maybe they haven't been adjusted for that demerger or the sale of that business. So you no. might want to just have a quick look because I don't think they were that dramatically negative. Um, uh, so, so the business they sold off um, was purely Australian. Right. So if you look at the yield and this, and there's no franking credits anymore. So so it's pretty much more of an international player. Um, so a lot of lot of North America stuff in there. Look, the the, the packaging they do it's for for groceries, fast moving consumer mm. products, industrial markets. Yeah, things like glass bottles and Tetra packs and yeah, and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, so you know all Soft types drink of drink cans, drink that sort of thing. drink yep. packaging, uh, cardboard cartons, that sort of stuff. And, you know, and even down to things like. You know, marketing, um, you know, stands and things like that right, are, okay. are in their, yep. their threshold. Um, I, you know, we've got a hold on it, but it'll probably be slightly positive where that share price is at the moment. Um, the thing with the the international business is that they're doing a fair bit of consolidation, so I suspect, you know, they're doing a bit of the buyback. But I, I suspect some of the money they've received from the sale of the the fibre business. Um, is going to be used for acquisitions in the US. Now, a lot of the, they've, they've been going through an acquisition program over there for quite a while, um, and a lot of the acquisitions over there, it's fairly um, fragmented business uh, mm. industry. Um, so they picked them up on fairly good 
multiples, yeah, okay. uh, which is earnings accretive uh, straight away. So whilst you know I, I look at it and I think you know there's some really good positives there, I'm still a bit cautious. So it's right. more of a hold, uh, okay. but but looking towards being more positive. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So okay. All right. So, so hold with with a lean to positive. Heading that, heading in the right direction. And their last trading update was only recent, saying that they're, they're facing a challenging, uncertain market conditions persisting. So due to COVID. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Um, that there's no firm positive forecast at this stage. And particularly if you're a global player as well, while we may sort of be confident having things under control here, if you look at the US and Europe. Um, you have no idea what's mm. ahead mm. of the game there. But yeah. I suspect that you're going to see, you know, if you think about things that we mentioned with Woolies and Coles, you know, people, yeah. you know, grocery shopping and things like you suspect that, yeah. you know, your packaging wouldn't change a great deal if, no. if you're, you're buying takeaway or buying in the supermarket. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be cooking at home. Yeah. I know my youngest daughter is stuck in, um, in London. They're all cooking at home at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my, um, my so niece went the over there a week and a half ago. Oh. <laughs> she, she had to get approvals and off oh, she went. Yeah. No, it's mm. a nightmare over there at the moment. Um, all right, our final stock, uh, Timothy wants to view Francesco and Parenti Global, a mining services company in, uh, in Australia and Africa. Um, sort of it's that sector with monodelphus and those it's, sorts it's of It's the old Austril. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I saw it, I, when I saw it on the list, I thought, "What the hell is yeah, that?" Yeah, me too. Oh, <laughs> um, so I did a bit of digging. It's the old Ausdrill. Um, yeah, so yeah. it's mining services, you yeah. know, a global company, uh, you know, service mining, underground mining, and mining investment type things. So, yep. so I haven't looked at this company for a long while. Um, obviously, it's it's subject to, um, you know how the mining sector is performing. Mm. Um, their, their customers or clients are generally in the larger blue chip style of, of customers. So I suspect that you're not dealing with someone who's, who's you know, selling or servicing your small yep. uh, speculative uh, explorer that's, you know, drilling right. out the back of kick a tin along somewhere. Right. <laughs> um, you know, they're dealing, you know, they're dealing with your BHPs and your, yep. your Fortescues and drilling out for where the, their directional mining is going to go. Um, so, I, I, to be honest, I don't, I, I don't know uh, where it stands, but I think, you know, where the sector is at the moment is probably, you know, um, you know being run, at, you know, as as standard. Yeah. Um, do I see any significant uptick in the sector? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Well, they've had some good earnings growth, you know, obviously with the mining boom, and especially in the gold sector. It's, um, in, you know, uh, as the old drill corp used to be, was to, you know, that this is where they're blasting and drilling and underground mining. Yep. So, um, look, their return on equity has been pretty steady, uh, but their revenue growth has been actually quite good, up 19%. They're not on an expensive PE, multiple of eight times, uh, and a pretty good dividend yield as well, like 5.2%. Um, I, I'm not adverse to this um, okay. this this sector. My preference is NRW. They're right. um, they're uh, they're getting a much higher return on equity when you can yep. compare it to Parenti. That's getting a 7.9 percent. NRW getting around 24 percent return. Okay. So oh, they're they're getting a bigger bang for their buck. Yeah. Um, so I prefer that from a growth sector. But out of seven brokers, 
and a median price target is a dollar sixty six mm, on yeah. this, so it's still got twenty three percent upside from here. Okay. So I, I don't mind it to, in that sector. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's just recap the final five stocks: Woolworths, um, a yes from Cha- Francesco and Ords. Um, David prefers Coles. Um, Dubba both. Uh, Put Dubber on their watch list. Um, t- had a good run up. Wait for it to come back. Uh, Fletcher a no from both. Preference for uh, for James Hardy, CSR, and and Boral in that sector. Uh, Aurora hold from Ords a no from David and uh, Parenti um, no from Francesco. Uh, David doesn't mind Parenti, but uh, prefers NRW. Be uh, the best one. David Novak, great to have you. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us Pleasure. on the call. Always. Francesco from Ords, always great, great to, to have you. you as part of the team. That's our show for today. If you'd like uh, us to cover any stocks you're interested in, just email them to us at the call at osbiz.com.au or through Twitter using the at TV handle. Don't forget, if you want to see all the stocks in the calls portfolio, uh, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Uh, If you want to get an update at the end of the day of everything that's happened in business, finance and the markets, sign up to the COB, the Close of Business uh, newsletter. It's in your inbox by 5.30 in the afternoon. Nadine and Scuddy sum it all up for you. So subscribe at osbiz.co slash join. And uh, on the Startup Daily Show, uh, a little later between 2 and 3 p.m., um, Marcel Steingieser from uh, Good Earth Dairy uh, is joining the team as he launches his million-dollar capital raise on crowdfunding platform Virtual. That's coming up on the Startup Daily Show between 2 and 3. And they're in the business of camel's milk. There you go. A lot happening on Ausbiz between now and the close of trade. Don't go away. We'll see you at the other side of the break. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.